Welcome. Glad you're all here. Welcome. Welcome to another live stream. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Let me get this chat fixed. Sorry about that. So uh, if you're a hankering for some fish nerd geek out talk, <laughs> you're in the right place. If not, this is not the automobile channel. Yeah, that's the wrong channel. Anyway, Glad you all could make it. Thanks for being here, my friends. Good to see you all again. It's been a day. It's been a good day, but it's been an unexpectedly busy day. And I'll tell you all about that because let's start with that. We'll get into the giveaway and stuff in just a moment, but let's start with the giveaway. Um, pretty crazy because um, I ordered a whole bunch of fish that were supposed to come in on Monday as per usual. However, that did not happen. They came today instead. So so um, they arrived today, so I've spent the whole day kind of uh, <laughs> Just getting everything tanked, everything unboxed, everything unbagged, everything medicated and situated. So unexpectedly busy Monday, usually this ha or Wednesday, usually this happens on Mondays. But um, it's, you know, with all the delays in travel and lack of flights and things, the fish didn't even reach the United States until yesterday. And then there are absolutely no flights to Wyoming or anywhere even close to me. Billings, Montana, nope, no cargo. Uh, basically, anything that has to go through a transfer is not being sent. It has to be a direct flight. And there are no direct flights in my entire state or in the state of Montana close to me. So, <laughs> so I had to get them FedExed. So they got FedExed overnight to me, which, which means they're going to be a little pricier perhaps than normal because uh, it costs a lot more to FedEx fish than to have them sent to an airport. Unfortunately, um, I think that during this whole uh, time until things normalize or stabilize or whatever, uh, things might cost a little more because it's so much harder to get things. And the costs to get them are higher than, than we would want. But I'm trying to minimize that as much as possible, but I'm sure there'll be some impact just because shipping's a... Uh, Let's let's say uh, I think shipping is perhaps I know it might be 50% of the cost of getting fish in for some fish, even if the fish was sold for a penny or let's say they gave it to you for free, it would still be fairly expensive just because the shipping is, is, is pretty pricey. Um, if, if you can imagine, you know, an international shipment plus the cost to ship on the United States side, it, it all adds up. So anyway, um, that was my Wednesday. It has been insane. I had a lot of things planned for today, but had to make some alterations. That being said, it was exciting. I am thrilled to have some inventory. I'm thrilled that I was able to get some stuff in. I literally, though, was up until... I don't know, three minutes, six, seven minutes ago, uh, medicating and just, you know, finishing up everything, trying really hard to get done by the live stream. I did get done for the most part. There's still a few things we'll need to finish afterwards. 
Um, 307 Wyoming 4E, super chatting $2, getting some of the horse face loaches. Thanks, Sheila. I appreciate the super chat. Hey, Sheila, I saw in a chat, where was it? Maybe it was in one of Kaler's streams, um, Kaler's aquatic streams, that um, the bandit cichlid I sold you was beating up on your dojo loaches. Is that true? If that's true, I'm so sorry. I've, I, I told you that I thought they would go great together. Apparently I was wrong and I apologize for that. I've never seen them pick on anything. I, I keep them with Corys, keep them with Plecos, keep them with little blue-eyed rainbow fish. Um, the, uh, which one is it? The Signifers. Um, I've kept them with lots of fish and I've never seen them pick on anything. So I'm really sorry, especially since I know that those dojo loaches are your, your special pets. So if that's what happened, Sheila, my apologies, my bad. If you need to bring that fish back, just, just let me know. Okay. But I'm sorry. I, I've honestly never seen them pick on anything. So I thought they'd be just fine. Um, let's see, where was I? So, oh, let me tell you what we got in and then we'll talk about dragon puffers. Cause I've learned a lot of new stuff in the last little while that I've had them. And, um, and then we'll get to the giveaway in your questions and comments. So let's see, is my volume too, is that too loud? Could someone tell me if the volume's okay? I've got a slightly different setup and I just want to make sure I'm not peeking out and that it's uh, crazy loud and crackly or something like that. If so, I can take the gain down just a little bit and make it better. So if someone would chime in, let me know that. In the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I got in. So I got some of the kind of new Kubu Thai botillas in. I got some crystal red shrimp in. I'm going to keep the crystal red shrimp in my black worm cultures because the black worms are, you know, just all over the bottom. Volume good, volume perfect. Okay, excellent. The black worms are just take up the bottom strata of the aquarium. And I have lots of water sprite and things floating in those tanks to um, help keep the water quality clean. So there's all this area in those aquariums that isn't being used at all. So I think some crystal red shrimp will be just the thing, hopefully, to make that tank reach its potential. And by the way, I am gonna be doing a video on culturing black worms. I, I, I actually was starting it today and then the order arrived. So um, I hope to be able to finish that, I hope, tomorrow. Um, got some pea puffers, Celebes rainbows, although the Celebes rainbows came in a little shaky, but I, I think they're going to pull through. Some stir-by quarries. I found, again, a, a new supplier for quarries that I think is going to be a good one. So I'm, I'm just gradually getting a few new species to make sure that that's actually true. Some sparkling garamis, because how could you resist? Some baddest baddest. And sorry, usually I have pictures up and I can show you all this as I talk about them, but I couldn't today. I was unboxing and, and taking care of the new fish. Um, baddest baddest are amazing. Unfortunately, that bag came in with a lot of problems, like one of those really cloudy, smelly bags where there were a lot of floaters. But I'm hoping the survivors will pull through. I'm doing everything I can for them. Zebra botillas, which I thought would be 
Botia striata, the, the zebra loach. No, turns out that's a tiger loach. I would never order tiger loaches in on purpose, but I have a big batch of them right now. They're beautiful. Um, the issue with tiger loaches is that they're aggressive. So it's the same rules that apply to, say, African rift lake cichlids. You have to keep a lot of them, and uh, they actually might be a perfect companion to African rift lake cichlids. But you either keep one. The problem if you keep one is then they're more aggressive to the other fish, or you keep a big group, and then they usually are aggressive among themselves but don't bother the other fish as much, although they're still an aggressive fish. Um, but if you only have like two or three or something like that, you'll have a problem. If you only have one, you could have a problem as well. So they're a tricky fish, kind of like, just think of them as Mabuna, and you'll probably be okay. Chattanooga, Ed, I got the last dragon puffer, I think. Yeah, I saw that, Ed. I saw the order come through. Um, I haven't replied to many emails today just because it's been insane, but I, I'm glad you got them. I know you were wanting one, and I, I'm going to tell you what I've learned about them uh, over the last little while here, as soon as I'm done with this list. Um, Scarlet Battis, Madagascar Rainbows, my favorite platy ever, finally was able to get some more. The neon yellow calico platy, absolutely love them. Some different placot bettas. Um, it's warm enough now that I'm able to kind of scatter them around the tanks. So got some bettas coming up. Some long fin um, paleotis catfish, some rice fish, although the rice fish came in very shaky. I'm hoping they pull through. Some gold zebra botillas, which I was hoping would be botilla dario. Um, they haven't colored up yet, but I'm fearful they might have just sent me yo-yo loaches. I'm not quite sure yet. Humphead glassfish. These are amazing. They're fi And they like, I let them out of the bag. They're like, whatever, no big deal. They started eating right away. They started acting active and things right away. I'm in love. My first time getting humphead glassfish, and I'm absolutely in love. Glowlight Danios, so Chopre, almost done. Um, Roseline Barbs, Rumino's Tetras, that was probably the worst bag I got in. Smelled horrible, like you couldn't even see through it. It was milky white. Um, half of them were down. I'm hoping I can save the other half. Actually, more than half were down. There's a few that survived the trip. I mean, they're supposed to be here Monday, so two extra days in a packed kind of export type situation isn't good, but um, I don't have high hopes for that batch, honestly. A couple batches of Burmese clouded archer fish, one of which is already eaten and is doing well. They're going to take some time though. They always come in with worms. Um, in fact, right out of the bag, they had white stringy poop. They always come in with Camelinus red worm, almost always. And they might have some other stuff going on too. So I've already put parasite medicines in there. Um, Levamisol today, tomorrow they'll get metronidazole in uh, a couple antibiotics as well. And one of the batches ate really well. The other batch wasn't interested in food. So hopefully they all pull through. Guppies. Um, I have a whole bunch of female guppies. They're called, what are they called? They call them red chili or chili red. I don't know what they actually are. And... Um, I needed some males, so I finally got some males, and it looked good. So that's what I got in. So I'm excited. I got some stuff. It isn't the uh, Nigeria order, and it isn't the um, super awesome Indonesia order I've been waiting on, but I got something in. 
and then had a bit of a letdown today. Um, ordered about 70 more species today. No, I ordered them yesterday, and I heard back today that Indonesia shut down, China shut down, and Vietnam shut down. So that leaves like uh, India and uh, a couple other countries. So I don't know how much we'll get in next week, but hopefully we'll get something. So anyway, that's what we got in. If if you're a hobbyist and you breed fish and you have a batch of fish to sell, um, please contact me, dan at dancefish.com. I'm looking to buy. I did get an amazing batch of electric blue acara in. So thank you to the person that sent those to me. I don't want to say their name in case they don't want it out there. I'm not sure if they do or not, but um, they look great. They're doing good today. They're eating. They're begging for food. They're, they're acting just like you would expect. So uh, thank you. Uh, I had someone reach out that breeds um, wild type sword tails. I'm very excited about that. Has a line of sword tails from Rusty Rusty Wetzel, and or that originated with Rusty Wetzel, and another one that originated with uh, Greg Sage at Select Aquatics. So um, I'm hoping that we can make that happen. Very excited about that, and um, some other folks has reached out too. So thank you to everyone that reached out. Sorry to anyone that we couldn't make a deal. There are just some fish that don't work for me or don't work in certain quantities. The economics don't work out, but um, we've been able to strike a few deals. So I mean, I'm looking forward to the rest of those coming in. So thanks everyone. Okay, dragon puffers. Let me just pull up a picture here. For those that don't know what this is, they're pretty cool. So these are the dragon puffers. Now, I've had them for oh, two and a half weeks, getting close to three weeks, something like that. Three weeks today, actually, I think, is how long I've had them. And I mean, they're so cool looking. Like, that is just, that's, that's a good picture. That's about what, that's pretty accurate. Anyway, um, that's what we're talking about. Everything I read made it seem like they were maybe a little difficult to keep um, without certain care, that they were super aggressive, which is definitely true. Uh, they will eat anything that moves, basically. So you do need to keep them, I think, singly in their own tank. So, so that part was true. But the part that wasn't true was that they just sit and they kind of never move and that they'll only take uh, like live moving food. So what I've found in the three weeks since I've had them and in a couple of weeks since they settled in is they actually interact with me. When I walk up to the front of the tank, they'll actually swim up to the front of the tank and they'll be like, hey, you got some food or are you food? I don't know which one they're thinking, but they come up and they're very interested. Um, if I put my finger up on the glass, they'll come and I, I move it because I don't want them to like smack the glass or anything, but they'll come right up to me. Um, they do cruise around the tank looking for stuff to eat, but it's not all the time. They, they do cruise around, but they do sit motionless a lot of the time. But when I come up to the tank, they come to the front and I'll like get kind of far away and observe them from afar. And yeah, a lot of times they're just sitting there, but other times they're out kind of looking for stuff to eat. They'll go explore the plants, kind of stick their nose in all the nooks and crannies, seeing if there's anything to eat. So I have to say they're a lot more entertaining than I, than I feared or than I expected. I thought they would kind of just sit, never move. If a fish swam right in front of it, then they would go 
and that's like all the movement we would get. That's what I was kind of led to believe in, in my research, but it has not been my experience so far. Now, I'm not going to say they're a super active fish. They are not. They aren't like, you know, a, a, I don't know, a figure eight puffer or something that's always swimming around and active. They aren't like that, but they're not nearly as boring <laughs> as, as I feared, at least not so far. Maybe like in a year, I'll be like, oh, yeah, they never moved again after that live stream. I, I don't know. But so far, only three weeks experience, so I don't know a lot about them. But so far, I'm loving them. I moved uh, Big Mama. That's what I'm calling mine. I decided to keep one to her forever home today. She's settling in good or well. And the other thing is that they'll only eat like live moving food. Uh, specifically that they really like live fish, which they do. They absolutely love them. And so I've been working under that assumption. Uh, I did try a couple things every now and then just to see if they would eat a shrimp, a frozen shrimp or something. And I didn't have any luck, so I stopped. So I haven't tried in a couple weeks or so to do that. But I saw a video on Kaler's Aquatics today where he... I, he, I sent him one on Monday. He got it Tuesday and he fed some giant bloodworms, frozen bloodworms, and it came out and ate them. And then he fed some frozen krill and it came out and ate them. Um, and he told me later that they, it also ate some pellets. So apparently they're easier to get to eat prepared or frozen food, something that's not alive than, than I had thought. And then I talked about in previous live streams. So I wanted to clear that up. Um, and, I'm thrilled at that development and thank you, Bob, for letting me know about that. It does appear that at least early on when I was watching Bob's video and Bob can correct me if he's seen different, but it does appear that they'll eat best if the frozen food lands like a couple inches in front of their face. Um, they aren't the best at like finding something that landed behind them or whatever. So you might have to place it strategically. Um, but I definitely saw a video of his puffer that he's only had for a day out eating light, uh, out eating frozen foods. So that was pretty cool. Now, I, I suppose that after a while, when it gets to know that when you open the lid and drop in krill, that that's food, that they might be more active in seeking and feeding. And then the placement might not matter so much. But um, I suspect the placement's a little bit important for a fish like that. But anyway... I thought that was amazing. So I wanted to share it with you all. Petsotics is throwing down a super chat. Thank you so much, Diego. It seems like you're lip syncing or is it just me? Oh, I hope not. Am I out of sync? Um, $2. Thank you, Petsotics. And thanks for bringing that to my attention. I'm going to scroll all the way to the bottom. If anyone else is noticing anything weird, I guess, with um, the audio and it being synced up, if it's different than it should be, would you let me know? Um, and thanks, Petsotics, for bringing that possible issue to my attention. JP throwing down a dollar. Thanks, JP. I don't, I don't think there's a comment. I don't see a comment. So if there is, I literally can't scroll down enough to see it. And if I missed your comment, I apologize. But thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required. But it does make the wife super happy. Now, um, let me tell you about the giveaway today. I think we're we got 188 here, so we got a good crowd. 189. All right. So on the stream last week, Bob Kaler sponsored that stream. Um, so the Dragon Puffer that was won by Alien, uh, not Alien World Aquatics, um, Seahorses, is that right? And 
page. And um, and by what John was it Williams Williamson. Um, that was all provided by Bob. And during that stream, some some folks were like, hey, we want to get in on this. So just one more fish with Josh gave away some plants last week. And Michael um, said he would like to give away a plant package this week. So that's what we're doing. Now, if you want to see the plants available, there is a full list of them at the Get Gills Facebook group. So go over to the Get Gills Facebook group and Michael has listed a whole bunch of plants that are available for the giveaway tonight. And he will cater the package of plants he sends you depending on your experience. So if you're a noob like me with plants, he'll, he'll get you easy stuff that you can be successful with. If you're an expert, he's got some rare stuff or more high tech stuff, I guess, or more difficult stuff. I'm not a plant guy. I don't know all the correct terms, um, <laughs> but um, so he can cater that to you. So from novice to expert, uh, Michael can take care of you. He is the moderator at the Get Gills Facebook group. And uh, so thank you for your service, Michael. I really appreciate it. And over there, he's got at the very top, I pinned it to the top, is the list of plants he has available. So, yeah. Let's see here. Um, oh, the other thing is I think the best way to do this is instead of forcing uh, Michael to put out his private information so you can contact him, if if you would just, if you win Michael's plant package, if you would email me, dan at dancefish.com, like, like you normally would, then I will get you in contact with Michael, um, send an email that has you both included, and then you guys can take it over from there. Um, last week, I, I hadn't thought about that in advance because Josh just sprung it on me. <laughs> Thanks, Josh, by the way. That was generous of you. And so I was like, yeah, just give me your information. You guys can get a hold of it. And then I realized, oh, that was kind of forcing Josh to put his email out in a chat that's, you know, open to the entire world to see. So that might not be the best. So sorry, Josh, I, I wasn't even thinking about that. Anyway, um, I'm going to give away, I, I don't have enough to sell yet, but I'm going to give away a small batch of Scud's as well to that winner. My thinking being that um, you have plants, you want some scuds to take care of the plants. Now, maybe you're like someone who's like, I hate scuds, I don't want scuds, I, I get it. I, I'll send them to someone else <laughs> if that's the case. But I love scuds with plants because in my experience, they eat all the algae off the plants, they keep the plants healthy and looking good. So that's what I'm gonna throw in for the giveaway. So a plant package with scuds is the basic uh, giveaway for tonight. So Michael Wentworth, thank, thanks so much. To enter that giveaway, hashtag grow darn it with three exclamation points at the end. <laughs> if you wanna win, leave hashtag grow darn it, three exclamation points um, in the chat and you will, there it is, you will be entered to win. All right, so we've done the giveaway, we've done the report, oh, shipping report. So last week, 100% live arrival, uh, this week, 100% live arrival, and although two small issues propped up, I guess they're not necessarily small, um, I shouldn't say that, but there is one lady that got back to me with a picture of a Kochu Tetra that I sent her, a blue Kochu Tetra, and 
the top of his tail fin, part of the fin was missing. So I apologize, Gail, for that. Um, I, I either accidentally injured it when I was packing it, catching it with the net or packing it, or it got injured in shipment or it got injured after it, it got put in the tank or something, swam around and smacked into something. I, I don't know what happened, but I always treat instances like that as if it was my fault. So I'll take care of you, Gail. And um, I'm so sorry that happened. I Honestly, they're some of the hardiest fish I have. Um, so I was surprised to see that, but I guess things can happen no matter what, right? There's always a probability. And then Bob Kaler, I just saw right before I came to stream, um, lost one of the coolie loaches that I sent him. So Bob, I'm so sorry. If, uh, if the other one doesn't do well, will you tell me? And anyone else that I sent the coolie loaches to, um, I believe Wichita Falls, I believe, has some. I can't remember everyone that I sent them to. But if you got some and they don't do well, would you please let me know? Because then... I'll know that I need to hold on to that batch longer. They don't ship well or whatever. But I think that they're a rock solid batch. I, I honestly don't think I've lost a single one in all the time I've had them. So I'm hoping it was just a fluke, but I need to know if other people are having trouble so I can take the appropriate measures. So Bob, I was really sorry to hear that. However, you scared me. I saw the title of the video was like catastrophe. One of the new fish died. And I was like, not the dragon puffer, not the dragon puffer, not the dragon puffer. And then you took a while to say what it was. And then you said the hill stream trout. And I was like, oh no, those are awesome too. And you're like, they're doing fine. And so I was like, no, it was the dragon puffer. And then later you're like, I found out it was one of the coolies and I was kind of like not happy that a coolie loach died, but I was definitely happy. It wasn't the dragon puffer. You had me so nervous, man. <laughs> not cool, Bob. <laughs> That's all I've got. Kent's fish throwing down a 499 super chat. Thanks, Kent. Thanks for taking the EBA and thanks for the video. I was so worried about them. Lol. I hear you. I know what it is like to be worried about fish you send. Um, so it was Kent, now you know, who sent me the electric blue Acaras. They look great. Like, Kent, there's not, I'm no, I can't think of anything to complain about with them. They're fantastic. Um, I did get some emails that I saw about when will they be available for sale. I haven't had a chance to get to emails today. I'm so sorry. But um, two weeks will be the minimum. And I expect, I they look great. So I expect that they'll be ready to go on two weeks from Tuesday. I got them Tuesday. If I remember right, my brain is not thinking well. So uh, same as any other fish, at least a minimum of two week quarantine. And I expect that'll be all. I don't think they'll need longer than that at all. In fact, they probably don't even need that much, but that's just how we do it around here. And Ken, um, I was happy to take them. Don't, don't, you don't have to thank me for taking them. I was thrilled to find some nice, healthy, captive-raised fish. And I like electric blue acaras a lot. So I've actually been having trouble finding a supplier where I could get ones from that I felt were decent, that maybe didn't have pinched bellies or deformed spines or missing a fin or whatever. So I've kind of not got them in simply because I, I couldn't find a good source. But you appear to be a good source. So thank you. That's all I've got, I think. It is 7.28, so I ranted for 28 minutes. Wow. Um, done ranting. Let's get to your questions and comments. If you have a question or comment for me, if you would make it at Dan's Fish, 
and I will uh, see it because it'll pop up in bright orange on my screen. It'll highlight for me and I'll get to it. If I passed your question and comment and I didn't get to it, that just means I didn't see it, honestly. It's never intentional. In that case, would you please leave it again and I'll try to get to it as I keep going down. So we'll keep doing this until the end of the stream. We'll get to as many of these as we can. And I appreciate everyone participating and leaving stuff for me to respond to. All right. Thanks to my mods for being here. Really appreciate you. And with that, just one more fish with Josh. What is up, Dan's fish? So I had five eggs hatched since last week and five more in water ready to hatch. Thank you again for the help with this new adventure. Awesome. I assume we're talking about Fundalopanchak's garden rye, my favorite fish of all time. And the fish that I would recommend for anyone starting out with killifish, if you don't know what they are, look at that. Beautiful, super hardy, peaceful, and, um, and easy to spawn, very prolific. So Josh, I'm thrilled to hear it. Thanks again to you for helping out and uh, throwing down some free plants for the giveaway last week. That was awesome. Just one more fish with Josh. Sorry, the killifish eggs. Just realized I didn't specify. I knew what you meant. Dan Slee has Caradina shrimp. Oh, my. Yes, I have Caradina shrimp. Um, believe it or not, I've never found crystal red shrimp to be difficult. They were the fi first shrimp I ever got and ever bred and raised. And, in fact, this was in – I was in Santa Barbara at the time. My water was super hard. I – was selling some killifish to a wholesaler in Los Angeles. And I walked by a tank and saw they had crystal red shrimp. And I was like, Hey, instead of uh, paying me for this, I don't know, for a few of the fish, let's do a trade. So I traded for some of them and I got them home to my tanks. And they were basically saying, are you sure those are pretty delicate? I was like, man, they look beautiful though. They're like, they don't spawn or spawn. They're, they're hard to reproduce and all this. This was back when they were new. This was years ago when they were really pricey and were fairly new. And I was like, well, I want to try them. So I took them home and I put them in a planted tank, my kind of planted <laughs> some probably, I think it was giant Salvinia floating on the top and some Java moss in there and a sponge filter. That was it. And man, I had those things just booming. They just bred and bred and bred And the wholesaler did not believe me until one weekend when he came up to visit and look at all the fish and stuff. And he saw the tank and was like, Whoa, <laughs> there were like hundreds of them in there. He could not believe it. So they've always been really, easy for me. And now that I live here and have naturally soft water, I think they'll do even better. So, yep. Got some caradina shrimp. Have some bee shrimp coming next week if if anything moves with the world in the shape it's in today. Chewy LTD, your audio is perfect and Chewy would know because he worked in the music slash sound industry for quite a while. Maybe still does. So, thank you, Chewy. Wait, <laughs> the Zen Ginger. This didn't highlight, but I saw it and I thought it was funny. <laughs> God, don't the co-op people know not to email during giveaways? How rude. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, Jim Williamson. That's the gentleman that won the Signifer Rainbows. Hey, Kayla's Aquatics, the rainbows I won last week came in yesterday and are doing great. Thanks again. 
Thanks, Dan's Fish. Hey, you're welcome, Jim, and, and Bob Kaler's the one that provided all that. So thank you, Bob, for helping with that. I'm glad they arrived in good shape. That's a fish that people sometimes get in wonder about because they're naturally slender. Um, and by the time you get them on Tuesday, they haven't eaten since Friday morning. So every now and then I, people are like, wow, those are kind of skinny. And I'm like, yeah, they haven't eaten in a few days and they're kind of not a naturally fat fish. So I'm glad yours came in and are doing well. That's one where I'm always, um, <laughs> I almost want to preemptively say, send your fish. Um, they're a thin species. By the way, the, the thinnest ones right now, the, the ones that are like, look the slenderest or the horse face loaches. They're naturally slender species. And when I got them, they were really skinny. Um, they're, they're fattening up gradually, but they're, I don't know that those will ever be like big fat fish. So just, just be aware of that. If you do get horse face loaches, um, they're healthy. I haven't lost them. They're doing great. Um, they seem to be super hardy and they're eating everything I put in the tank, flakes, pellets, frozen food, live food, as long as it's on the bottom, they seem to eat it just fine. So, but speaking of skinny fish, yeah. Candy overholes posted my email. Thank you, Candy. Chewy LTD. I saw a great video today of a guy in India collecting young dwarf channas and zebra danias. Oh, that's awesome. I love doing that. Um, my some of my favorite videos are the ones where I see folks out collecting in the wild just because it gives me a deeper understanding of the habitats the fish come from so yeah every now and then you'll find some channels that do that and I, I watch them religiously I just I just love watching that all right did someone throw down 10 bucks? Someone did. Salem Aquarium. Hey, Salem Aquarium. Thank you so much. Still love your profile picture. That uh, Scarlet Dario, uh, Scarlet Battis, Dario Dario. Hope the ship show of a shipping fiasco gets solved soon. Yeah, me too. Just set up a rimless 10 gallon for my tiger Battis and cherry shrimp that are breeding like rabbits. I'll put up a bit of it soon. Awesome. Hey, thank you, Salem Aquatics, for this $10 super chat. It's it's very much appreciated. And yeah, I I hope so too. I hope so too. I've I think I've I've probably said this every live stream, um, but I've literally got 10 grand sitting in Nigeria just waiting for the fish to ship, and it's like just killing me. Not just because they aren't here, but because I'm like, okay, so I guess I just fill up all my tanks, even though I worked hard to kind of empty them to have room for the order. I guess now I just fill them up because I have no idea when that order is going to come. And my fear is I fill them all up. And as soon as they're brimming with fish and I'm, I'm fully stocked, then the guy from Nigeria calls and is like, hey, I'm ready to ship to you. And I'm just like, oh, great. <laughs> you know, it's just everything is, it's like playing Tetris. It's playing Tetris with pieces that are not formed properly. That's what this is like. <laughs> it's just everything takes longer and is a little bit uncertain. But hey, I got a bunch of fish in today. That's a blessing. It's just anytime I can get anything in, I'm just thrilled. Zach Billings, the serpent loaches are doing well. I had a mini cycle, ooh, because of adding 35 fish at once, but I 
think I am through it and no losses, just tired from three water changes in one day. Okay. Yeah, keep – I'm glad they're doing well, Zach. I'm, they're pretty cool fish. This is my first time having them, and I think they're fantastic. Um, I know for a fact, though, that they're going to have trouble with ammonia and nitrite, so keep an eagle eye on that, my friend. And uh, anything you can – to make it so that you don't have a, a spike. Um, if you have to take a, a flowing, a, a working filter out of another tank and swap it out or, or anything, whatever you got to do, because I'm pretty sure it's not going to take a lot of exposure to ammonia or nitrate or nit not nitrate so much ammonia or nitrite to, uh, to really have a problem with those fish just because they come from clear flowing water. Um, they, I don't think they ever experience ammonia or nitrite at all in their natural environment, probably not nitrate either. And so, um, that's, there's some fish, I always worry about ammonia and nitrite, but with some fish I, I worry even more and that's one of them. So yeah, keep an eye on that, my friend, that, that does, uh, that is concerning, but I'm glad they're doing well, and I hope they do well long-term for you. Moonstone, tell us about tank size and good tank mates. And, and by the way, Zach, it sounds like you know and you know what to do and all that, so I'm not trying to preach at you or anything. But uh, with that specific fish, just like with the Hillstream Loach or anything, just the alarms go off in my head. Tell us about the tank size and good tank mates. For what, Moonstone? Um, do I... Hang on, let me see if I can figure out. Moonstone, would you um, would you clarify what you're asking about? I'm not sure which fish you're asking about. If you're asking about the dragon puffer, I think a three foot long tank would be just fine. I'm I plan on keeping Big Mama in a 40 gallon breeder. I think that'll be plenty for her whole life, just because they aren't super active fish. I don't think they need a lot of swimming space, um, like a rainbow fish that you know swims a ton and as far as tank mates uh i don't think anything i i think she will eat anything that she can fit in her mouth and probably severely injure anything that's too big to fit in her mouth this is my guess i i'm not gonna risk it yeah gary's aquatics sorry guys mostly lurking tonight but enjoying the stream hey gary's aquatics good to see you and lurk away man i lurk all the time. There's so many streams that I'm lurking and I never leave a comment or anything. And, and I, I should, but the thing is I'm working. And when I'm in the zone, I, 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 I try to be efficient. I mean, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, I easily put in 40 hours or more just in three days. So I don't have a lot of time to stop what I'm doing and run over and comment or something. Um, so I totally get lurking. I respect it. Lurk away. No problem. Who's that? Mr. Zen throwing down 20 bucks. Mr. Zen, thank you so much. Greatly appreciated. Never required. But it does make Brenda super happy. From the Zen's happy wife, happy life. <laughs> you know it. That's too true. That is too true. It took me a few years to learn that, but I think I done did it. <laughs> right, baby? <laughs> Thanks for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Ginger Gray's throwing down $4.99, and I have not seen that sticker before. That is awful cute. A lemon playing a trumpet with a blueberry? I'm going with that. Going with that. Uh, Ginger, hope the fish are doing well. I hope you like them as much as I do. Um, and that you're seeing all that neat behavior on the sand and stuff. 
uh, we're talking about horse face loaches. Maria Z, those red Papuan gobies are crazy outgoing, exploring every inch of the tank and don't hide at all. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're fantastic and they are not shy. They are not shy in the least. In fact, when I go to the tank, they come up to explore me. Same with the glass gobies. Um, the cobalt blue gobies, not as much, but they don't run away from me or anything. The cobalt blue gobies, I bet in another week or two, we'll start doing it as well. Yeah, gobies are fantastic. I'm glad to hear it, Marie Z. I, I, I'm glad you like them. And I've never seen them really colored up. The pictures show that the male in nuptial dress is going to be gorgeous, but uh, it hasn't happened yet, and I, I don't know how to trigger them. I, I don't even know what genus they are, so <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I think they're what we usually call blue belly gobies, um, the Ikea, but I, I can't be sure because they were just mislabeled when I got them, and a lot of the gobies look similar, but I'm glad you like them. Gary Duncan, excited for some more keyhole cichlids and some electric blue Akara. Awesome, Gary. Thanks. Um, yeah, those electric blue Akara are looking really, really good for sure. Candy Overhaul's audio is fine. Oh, man, I am so behind. If I'm just to that point, I'd better keep going. Poke Tilecraft 101, audio is good. Awesome. Thanks for letting me know, folks, because I was worried about it. Just kind of a new setup so the sound bounces around the screens and the, the area a little differently. So just wanted to check. Ugh, Quatics. My Lineatus spawned. Awesome. Aplicylus Lineatus. I have a bunch of Fry Wild type. Very beautiful specimen. My, my favorite of the Lineatus. Okay. Folks need to know about this fish. Let me show you this fish. So Aplicylus Lineatus. Most of us know it and don't know we know it because it's this. It's the golden wonder killifish, right? But that's not their natural form. This is a captive bred form. I, I believe this one originated in the Czech Republic along with a lot of other really cool stuff um, during its time of isolation. But what they look like in the wild naturally is something like this. They're fantastic and they're big and they're bold and they're beautiful, this right here. So Aplicylus lineatus is perhaps, I don't know if it's the most colorful but it, of the Aplicylus, but absolutely gorgeous fish. And you can almost never find the wild type anymore. Ever since the Golden, uh, golden Wonder be, rose to prominence, it's been very difficult to find wild type. So I am so thrilled, Aquatics, that you've got some and have a bunch of fry. Well, I'm in the market for fish. If, if you get them to an inch, inch and a quarter, and, and you want to sell them, let me know. I love that fish. Love it, love it, love it. Okay. Okay, I'm scrolling up because chat jumped on me, so just give me half a shake here to get where... Okay, this is, it, it jumped on me. I can't scroll up all the way. So if I missed your question or comment, leave it below. I'm at Andrew Purrs. If you left one above and I didn't get to it, just post it again, please. Would an Amazon puffer do okay in a guppy tank? I think so. I kept my Amazon puffers with Santa Maria Endlers and I didn't have any problem. Now, Santa Maria Endlers don't have the big long tails that a lot of the fancy guppies do. So 
that's the only element there that I'm not sure of. But I've never seen Amazon puffers really bother anything that they can't have. They can't just snack on. That being said, they did chase the endlers around, not incessantly, not constantly, anything like that. But when I first put them in the tank that already had the endlers in it, put the puffers in, for a couple days, I would see them occasionally chase one. And after a couple days, they kind of learned that this isn't going to happen and they kind of stopped chasing them. Every now and then they would chase them around or something. But I think they knew at that point that they weren't going to eat them. So that was my experience. I'm not sure if a fancy guppy with a nice long tail would would be quick enough to get away for those first couple days when the Amazon puffer is exploring. Is this food? Is this not food? So I don't know for sure, but I would try it myself. I would just try it with a few guppies to start and pay close attention and be able to take them out right away if there was a problem. I think is how I would work that. The other caveat here is that the puffers I had were not full grown. Amazon puffers get to what, four inches or so. And the ones I had were, I don't know, I want to say an inch and a half off memory. So I don't know if when they get bigger, it would be a problem or not, but I haven't seen it happen. I mean, I haven't seen it be a problem. Snap wrench. Do you still have any flamingo guppies left? I have some female flamingo guppies. Um, let's check here. Did I, are we out on the site? Flamingo. Aha. So I just have these females. You're probably asking if I have males. I don't. I, I sold out of males long ago. I'm down to females. So if you're looking for females, I got you covered. If you're looking for males, I can't help you. Did I miss fish room fever? I'm sorry, Mr. Super Chat. Five bucks. It says keep, and I see a little head wobbling, but I can't scroll down low enough to see what kind of fun that little creature's doing. Looks like the head of a blue pear. Jump roping, I'm guessing. But anyway, thanks. He's awful cute. I just can't see him all. But I really appreciate the super chats, everyone. It helps. And by the way, I'm not begging for super chats. I, they're not required. Honestly, when I say that, always appreciated, but never required. That is the sentiment, uh, truly and completely. So I know a lot of folks are struggling. Don't ever feel like you have to do that. But if you want to and you can, it is appreciated. And I thank you for it. All right. Maria Z, my second generation longfin peppercories are now spawning. Oh, great. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Grandma's hanging out with her grandkids, huh? That's awesome. Congratulations, Maria Z. I'm glad to hear that. They're pretty. I like that fish quite a bit. You know, those longfin quarries, I didn't get them for a long time because I was like, eh, I don't know. Longfin mutation, I don't know. But then people wanted them, so I did get some for customers and Man, they're beautiful. I was wrong. They're really beautiful fish. And, and the long fins don't impede their behavior or anything at all. Part of my issue was I was like, if they have long fins, they, then they don't have the spines that they naturally rely on for defense. But in an aquarium with peaceful fish, they I didn't have anything bother them. So it seems like they were fine. Gina French, everything might get okay sorry everything you might get in some time the asian rummy nose so i have them now gina 
I have a, what is it? Sabwa Resplendence, the Rummy Nose uh, Rasbora. I've got a group of them. I'm fattening them up. They are getting fatter. They came in pretty skinny. So I'm fattening them up, kind of growing them a bit because they came in pretty small and fairly slender and not like emaciated, not like problem. I, I, I know what that looks like. Not that pinched concave belly thing, just not fat and robust. And I know that fish is bulkier than what I got. So I'm fattening them up. And the other thing is that none of them have developed any kind of rummy on the nose yet. They're, they're that silver blue color, but none have the red face or the orange face yet. So I'm hoping by the time they're fat, they'll also have that. But I don't know. I don't know if they're just too small that they don't have it yet. I'm hoping they aren't all females. They're around an inch, I would say, maybe a little bit bigger. So I don't know what size they develop the, the red face. But I do have some, and I, I will list them. It's probably going to take a week, maybe two, of of constant feeding before I'm like, okay, that's a rummy nose. That's a fat, healthy rummy nose. And I send it. It's funny. There's some fish that are just naturally slender. And if they miss a few days of eating, they look really skinny. And I, I'm pretty aware of that. But then there's other fish like this one that I just expect to be a little bigger. And I would be disappointed to get if I ship them now. So I'm just holding on them for a minute. Sean OOTD, Mr. Shelley, how are the pistol fry doing? Still thinking about them. They're doing well. I've got, I think, around 20. Um, they are, how big is that? Fingernail length, maybe? Um, still, I don't think big enough to ship. Still have their camo colors and everything. But they're eating really well. They're growing fine. So um, I'm not power feeding them. I'm not doing like, you know, five times a day or anything like that. So they're growing at a steady rate, but doing well. Logan Reagan, do you have female baddest? I do have female black tiger Dario, which are, I think are the baddest you're asking about. Um, if you place an order and leave a note at checkout saying, I would like some females or I like this specific sex ratio or whatever. I will send that to you. But here's the caveat. I cannot sex the females with 100% accuracy. I sent several out and everyone that has got them so far that's responded has said, good job. I think you really did get me females. So I, I'm doing my best, but I'm never confident that the female I'm sending is not a sleeper male or a subdominant male or, um, just not a fully mature male. So there's always the chance that the female could color up into a male. These ones are a little easier to sex though, I think than, than Dario Dario, than the Scarlet Babis. But, um, so I will do that, but you have to be willing to accept the gamble of, yes, Dan will do his best, but if I order six and I get three males and three females, I might end up with six males. I don't think you will, but you have to be willing to accept that outcome if it, if it happens. Basically, what I don't want to do is get myself in a position where customers are upset at me because they didn't get the sex ratio they wanted in a fish that I'm not confident about sexing. I'll do my best and I'm, I do okay with it. And I will sincerely do my best, but it has to be a trust thing where you're like, okay, he'll do his best. That, that's kind of the, the end, how I have to approach that one. So 
Hope that answers the question. Fishkeeper Cole, I found some new aquarium-worthy plants in my local creek. Wow. And I have no clue what they are. Do you know of any identification guides I could use, or do you know of anyone I can reach out to? Um, okay, so I I know, like, next to nothing about plants, so I don't know of any guides or anything. But I know there's lots of plant groups out there in Facebook land. Um, I know there's folks here in the chat that are knowledgeable about plants. So those would be my suggestions from a guy who knows nothing about it and has not got into those communities or searched for forums or books or information on plants. So I just know I've seen some uh, Facebook groups out there dedicated to plants with some folks that seem to know what they were talking about, but I don't even know enough about plants to know if they do know what they're talking about. Um, and I know that there's some people that are really deep into plants who have recommended certain Facebook groups. I, I just don't know what they are off the top of my head. So I'm sorry, I can't help you there out of my realm of experience, really. Herp diversity, would you ever get any Nothobronchius killifish? Absolutely. At the drop of a hat. If anyone out there listening to my voice breeds killifish and has a batch of any kind of Notho, um, I would take them all. I, I love those fish. However, Nothos, the reason herp diversity that I don't constantly have them is they're, they're kind of... Uh, not so, it's not so much that they're difficult to find. I know lots of people that raise them, but they're difficult to find in large batches with any kind of consistency and at a price point that I could turn around and sell them um, and actually make a margin on them. Um, because th this is a, a business. This is how I make my living. I have to be able to do that. And the thing is that the market's not saturated with Nothobronchius or most other killifish. So folks that breed them don't need me. Like they don't have any problem getting, selling all their stock. They can sell all their stock like that because everyone wants them and there's few available. So that's kind of the issue. Now I do know some fish farms or fish farmers or massive commercial scale fish breeders that do raise them and I can get them. However, the price point still doesn't make sense. For what I bought them for there, I would have to sell them for more than double what you can buy them from directly to a uh, from a killifish hobbyist. So I just haven't done it because it doesn't make sense to do it. I don't want to be charging 30, 40, 50 bucks for a pair of killifish that I know people can get from a killifish hobbyist for 20, 25 bucks. Um, well, I would do 30, but it's, it's going to be more like 40, 45. So my suggestion would be join the AKA, the American Killifish Association. I think it's $35 for an entire year's membership. And if you do that, you'll get their membership roster. And a lot of the folks in that roster breed and raise lots of kinds of killifish, including Nothobronchius. And so you'll be able to get almost anything you could want. I mean, there's some that, that are really hard to get, but you can get all kinds of Nothos and other killifish you'll be able to access if you join the AKA and it's so cheap to do. And often the AKA has affiliate clubs, smaller clubs uh, that are kind of sub clubs of the AKA and cities scattered around. Uh, and you might have an affiliate club in your area. And if you do, man, you can get lots of stuff through those as well. So those are my suggestions. And that's the reason I don't do it, is it just, it doesn't make sense. I could not sell them 
for what I'd have to sell them for to make my margin, I would feel unfair doing that. Montana, I'd rather recommend you to someone. Um, Montana Adis, any breeding tips for triple red epistos? I have three spawns and the female eats the eggs. Huh. In a 10 gallon with sparkling garami. Okay. So my best tip maybe isn't the best for your situation, but my best tip in a case like that, if a female's eating the eggs, is to give her some competition. So another female or two. And that male will be super happy if you do that. Um, however, I don't think you can do that in a 10 gallon. I think you would need like a 20 long, at least a three foot long footprint to kind of do that if they're spawning. So there's enough room for everybody. But if, if you can, if you have a tank that has a three foot footprint, then I would get a couple more females. I'd make sure there's lots of caves, lots of plants, lots of line of sight blocks kind of just that makes natural little areas of open water for territories for them. So they aren't constantly stressed by seeing all the way across the tank into everyone else's territory. Their territory is kind of shielded from the other territories. Um, and what I've found is that that kind of group spawning helps prevent females from eating their eggs because there's something about the threat of the other females that uh, keeps her super vigilant. So that's my best tip. I'm not a guy that's bred hundreds of species of epistos, but I've definitely done cockatoides and some others, and that works for me. Now in a 10 gallon, that's probably not feasible. It might be, you might be able to get two territories in there if you escape it in such a way that the middle blocks the two sides, that could work. But um, it could definitely work in a three foot, uh, a three foot gallon footprint. So that's my best suggestion and it's not the best because you only because you have a 10 gallon i'm just hoping you have some other tanks you could do it as well oh something else you could do is the females don't have to be in the same tank if you have two 10 gallons next to each other and you put a pair in each tank and then then that'll be great They'll, that'll have the same effect and if it has too much of effect then you just slide a piece of paper or something down and shield like half of the pain so they can only see each other say on that front half or something so they can get away if they need to but that's a, that's another way to do it without having a bigger tank you just have to have another tank jeff chambers hey jeff good to see you by the way i'm at day seven with ivan Staffi fry yes Seven total so far. I've been throwing in golden pearls and microworms. They're still in a Tupperware tray. When can I move them to LBB and a five gallon with sponge? Um, I assume you meant BBB. BBS? LBB. Is LBB something I should know? I, I always try to get them to move to brine shrimp. Uh, my guess is that seven days, they're probably capable of eating brine shrimp, if that's what you were asking about. Um, and five gallon with sponge, I think you should be able to, what I would do is get them onto brine shrimp or whatever LBB is um, and make sure they're eating it steady for a few days. And once they're eating it really well, then I think you could move them to a five and a half gallon with the sponge filter. Um, don't have that sponge cranking. And it does help to have some plants and things in there so that there's some areas with less flow 
but I would have the sponge go in fairly slowly and also have some like water sprite or something so the babies can get on the other side of the water sprite if the water movement's too much on the side with the sponge filter. I think that makes sense. What I used to do with fish that really like a lot of oxygen in the water, this isn't necessarily Ivanstoff. I'm thinking Lamprichthys tanganicanus, the uh, tanganican lamp eye killifish. <laughs> Let me show you this. For those that don't know this fish, this is a fish. So this is a killifish that is endemic to Lake Tanganyika with all those cichlids. Look at this thing. These guys are just so beautiful. And they get like six inches. They're big fish. Super active. They remind me of like a hillstream trout or something like that or a super active rainbow fish. Anyway, uh, raising these guys, how I would do that is I would put them in a five and a half gallon. I wish I had one right here. With a matten filter. And the water flow would come up and go out the top of the mountain filter, right? And I'd have it cranking. But then I would take a piece of sponge and cut it like a mountain filter that only went like a third of the way down the tank. And I would put that a few inches from the output of the filter on the top of the water column. So the filter would burst water out and it would come out super fast and hit that sponge. And then it would slow down and flow down to the other side where the babies hung out because those guys need a lot of oxygen. And that was a way to get those babies a lot of oxygen without absolutely uh, having them smash around the aquarium. So that worked pretty well. It's the same kind of principle I was talking about with your Ivan Stoffi fry. Just have your sponge filter going, but make sure that there's, you have it set up in a way with plants or whatever. If it's not cranking, plants would be sufficient so they can get away from flow if they need to. So those are my thoughts, Jeff, and congrats. I'm so glad you're raising those out. I hope, I hope, I hope lots of people that got the Pseudomugil Ivan Sofi from me um, can breed them and raise them. That's a fish I'd love to see more common. Charlie Barton, any scuds, anything like, are scuds anything like Neocaridina shrimp? Well, in the, in the sense that they're kind of crustaceans, yes, but, um, and in the sense that they're benthic feeders, yes, I suppose they're, similar as far as their function in an aquarium. The difference is though, once you get scuds, it's, it's pretty difficult to get rid of them. And their populations boom really quickly. And so when they're in an aquarium with Neocaridina shrimp, they'll often outcompete the Neocaridina shrimp. Um, so they're not a, a, an organism you want in tanks where you're gonna be keeping shrimp. If you're not going to be keeping shrimp in those tanks, they're fantastic. They keep the algae off. They're the best algae eater I've ever seen in my life, ever, bar none. They get in every nook and cranny. They eat every kind of algae I've ever put in the tank, blackbeard, string, whatever. As long as it's benthic, they don't eat green water because that's free floating and they, they're benthic feeders, so they feed off surfaces. But um, they're a much better algae eater than I think any shrimp. So those are kind of I, how I would compare them to a shrimp. They're smaller. Um, they're pretty awesome. I love them. I just don't ever want them in a tank where I'm going to be putting uh, Neocaridina or Caridina shrimp for sure. Dragon Layer, do you know the, you know those Akaras are big enough to spawn, don't you? I did not know that. No. Um, but I do now. <laughs> 
Chewy LTD, the killifish are interesting. There's a species that climbs trees. Yep, some of the rivulets will, will, I mean, not super high, not all the way to the canopy, but yep, they will climb up in the bark of trees, um, especially if there's like a dead log or something. They'll go into a dead log or in, in between the log and the bark or, you know, in a, if it's got a little hollow in it, find a crack, go up in there. And that's how they survive. Um, they're, there's a lot of killifish that prefer to be damp, not necessarily wet, I suppose is the way to put it. They're almost amphibious. Gary's Aquatics, my red cherry shrimp tank has had an explosion of new babies. Very excited, thinking when they are big enough, I want to send you some. Or, Gary, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, I did get an email of someone asking if I wanted cherry shrimp, but today's gone so crazy, I haven't been able to get back to it. But I do plan to get back to it. So if that was you, um, I'll be getting back to you. If not, yeah, I love cherry shrimp. The thing about cherry shrimp is whoever, um, if you want to sell me a group, whoever's interested in doing that, they're not a species that commands a high price. Just be aware of that. We're talking like, I don't know, maybe a quarter or 30 cents each. They're readily available for very cheap. So just be aware of that. But I like them. I like caridinas and neocaridinas quite a bit. Dan Slee, awesome story about your CRS, Crystal Red Shrimp. Thank you for sharing it. Super cool. You got it. Michael Wentworth from UG Aquatics. Um, yep, got it. Petsotics. I was born in Santa Barbara. Awesome. It's the Sitter Sissy of Puerto Vallarta. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I love Santa Barbara. If, if I could afford it, I would never have left. I was there for grad school. Um, that's where I did my uh, studies for uh, like PhD courses and um, loved it. Walked to the beach whenever we wanted. My office window, literally, because as a grad student, you also teach. And so you have an office. Um, my office at the university, my window, literally like I could, I could see the, the ocean it is fantastic. Okay. Michael Wentworth, happy to help. And I love to try to answer any questions here on specifically here on specifically the get gills, Facebook about the plants. Yeah, yeah, of course. Breeding is pleasure. Hashtag no more professor. Hashtag, hashtag three times equals world peace. You know it. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Appreciate you providing the plants for the giveaway tonight. Jim Williamson, they are eating. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those signifers eat like pigs. Absolutely. Absolutely. I didn't. I guess I have skinny fish on the mind because I had a, a customer reach out this week, convinced that I had sent her emaciated signifers, um, which I know what emaciated looks like, and it's not even close. And honestly, this is the best batch of signifers I've ever seen. To me, they seem very plump, but that's a naturally thin species. So I just had it on my mind. Um, I wasn't saying that yours weren't doing well or not eating or weren't going to do well. I think they're rock solid. I think this, anyone that wants... Um, signifers, yeah. Sudamugil signifer, the Pacific blue eye. I've got a rock solid batch and they're doing great. Um, I just had it on my mind because I've been going back and forth with a customer um, about them. Herb diversity. And by the way, I'm not blaming the customer. If that wasn't a species I knew really well and I got it in, I might think that they were 
underfed too. They're just naturally not a fat fish. Herb diversity, are flag cichlids safe with guppies? I'm trying to think if I've done that. I've kept them with endlers, but the tank was densely planted and the endlers were well established before I ever put them in there and I didn't have a problem. I've kept them with humpback limias. I've never kept them with long-tailed guppies. So I don't know what kind of guppy you have, but if it has a long tail, I can't answer that question because um, I don't know. If anyone else here has kept them with, uh, with guppies, would you let us know? We're talking about the flag cichlids. HC Aqua, what do you feed your headstanders? I have a few that are looking a bit skinny. So yes, that's very common with headstanders. Um, so the first thing with headstanders is you have to feed them a lot and you have to, they need food in front of them for long periods of time. They're a very slow eater. They basically cruise around and pick little mouthfuls at a time. They don't have the mouth or the dentition to take big bites of food and big mouthfuls. So if you're keeping them, you have to keep them with, if you're keeping them with other fish, it's very difficult to keep them healthy long term with fish that are quick to the food because they're so slow to the food. So they're in a tank by themselves right now. There's a few endlers right now just because there are some babies in there when I put them in there. Um, and the trick I found, it's not necessarily so much what you feed them. It's that what you feed them can stay in there for a while. So I'm feeding them everything I feed the rest of my fish. They're eating a cobalt tropical flake food, which I don't think is a fantastic food. I'm like, you should feed this food. It's just one that works. It's decent as a decent price. They're eating PE mysis pellets. They're eating, um, they like baby brine shrimp. I give them a treat of that every now and then once or twice a week. And I give them a treat, um, I don't know, once every week or two of chopped up black worms. But what I found really works for them, so I feed all that, but, but I always make sure every day to put in a big chunk of rapashi or algae wafers, something that's going to sink to the bottom and last a long time because they really do need to graze. It takes them a long time to eat and they don't have massive stomachs, so they need to have exposure to food long term. So HC, hopefully that works. Hopefully that helps you. That's been what I found with that species. And, and by the way, if you do that, um, they never, they're not a fat fish. They don't have, they're just not built for that. They, they're kind of constant grazers. But if you do that, they'll get, I, I think they'll probably get their weight back up. But yeah, I almost treat them like fry. My goal with fry is to have food in front of them at all times. I almost treat the headstanders like that. Not quite so much. But I generally want to have food in front of them for at least a couple hours during a period, whether it's an hour in the morning and an hour at night or something like that. Okay, Dragon Layer, the Darios are killing mosquito larvae daily now. One is colored up. Oh, man, of course they are. They're going to love mosquito larvae. And I'm glad you got to see them colored up because that is a sight, especially if he's colored up and he's displaying. Man, those are beautiful, beautiful fish. I'm glad to hear it. Finally got to Mr. Zen's super chat. Thank you so much again. 
Michael Wentworth, I don't think I've seen you offer any of the less common Kerbinsis types. Um, any odds this will happen in the future? I hope so. I've Sacramonti is the um, rarest one I've offered, and I did order more in Nigeria. And I do have a supplier in the Congo to get me all kinds of like nanochromis. Um, like lots of times an anachromis, but I'll say this just basically anytime I can get them in for a decent price, I do. I can almost always get them in, or at least they're almost always on lists I am exposed to, or I have access to, I guess is, <laughs> I'm exposed to these lists, lists that I have access to. So I see them weekly. The issue is I don't want to charge people for the markup on those because let's see here let me just do some yeah for the rate that those folks that have them available constantly um sell them i'd have to be charged i'd have to be charging like i don't know 50 to 70 dollars a fish and i can't even guarantee the sexes because they're not selling me pears they're just selling me fish so it's the same issue with the Nothobronchius killifish. It's just uh, the price isn't right. However, um, I do have some suppliers, and I, the Congo order, I think I've got a dozen species on order from the Congo. And from Nigeria, I think I only have, I think it's just Sacramonti that I have, um, and maybe another one. Maybe, maybe there is two on the Nigeria order, but there's a lot more of the nanochromous types um, that are coming out of uh, the Congo. So that's it. I've just got to wait till certain orders come to fruition. And it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Like 40, 50, 60, 70 bucks for, for one fish. And someone that wants to breed them, I have no idea what the sexes are that I'll get. So that's why I don't do that. <clears throat> Michael Winworth, I don't specifically recall seeing it any in. Okay. Gotta slow down. I don't specifically recall seeing it in any of your build videos. I imagine that you use thermostatic mixing valve on your auto changes system. Can you elaborate? Yes, I, I do. I've, I've shown it in a couple videos, but yes, that's what it is. Um, I, I might be able to show you the brand. Let me see. Show you exactly what I use. Um, if I can find it like quickly on my account here, I can't remember if I got it on Amazon or if I got it on um, eBay. Oh, no, this isn't going to be, it's not going to be quick, but um, it's just like a brass mixing valve. It's not a digital one. And you have to be careful though. So I have a water heater kind of dedicated to the fish room. So I don't have the water super hot. So the water in the room down here is heated to 110 degrees. The water outside in the garage is only heated to 90 something degrees, which means that I can use a standard thermostatic mixing valve and get enough cold water in there to cool it down sufficiently for the fish. But you have to be careful if you're tying into your home water heater and you heat the water to, I don't know, above 110 degrees, cause that's as hot as I go say 120, 130, 150, I don't know how high water heaters go. <laughs> um, then with a standard thermostatic mixing valve, you might have trouble 
being able to turn it far enough to get enough cold water in to adequately cool that water down to, I don't know, 75, 77, 80 degrees, whatever your preference is. So your setup, you might need something different. You might need something digital or something that has a, can bring in more cold water than I'm using. But yes, absolutely. That's what I do. Water from the water heater goes into it. Cold water goes into it. It mixes in there and water that's about 75 degrees, 77 degrees comes out of it. And then goes into the charcoal filter blocks. Okay. Chat jumped. I'm sorry. I'm scrolling up to try to find the latest one that I can see. Okay. Dragon Lair, my Dario look like two to one. The one female doesn't have the black dot on his tail. Yes, I, I think I sent you two males and one female. Um, yep, so I, I did it right on that one. <laughs> Fishy Fun 57, I'm getting two male Apisto Agazizi, I assume, golds. Can they go into a library community tank with appropriate hiding spots? In my experience, yes. I've kept them with guppies. I've kept them with endlers. I've kept them with um, humpback limias. But I think the last part of your comment is the clincher, which is with a hope appropriate hiding spot. So these are densely planted tanks, lots of java moss on the bottom, lots of water spread on the top, and lots of little pipes and stuff scattered throughout for them to have. I have not had a problem with that. There are some fish like large sailfin mollies might be a little aggressive. Um, some of the large swordtails might be a little aggressive, but they also might not. I, I think you're going to be fine unless you're doing some, I don't know, really big. Some of the goodyids will definitely be aggressive and like it colder. But I'm assuming you're talking about like guppies, platies, endlers. Those will all do just fine. Swordtails probably as well. Just those big sailfin mollies can be... Uh, just somewhat aggressive, but that might not be a problem. Haven't tried them with mollies. Balloon mollies would be fine. Those are derpy. Chewy LTD. Any luck getting any fish out of the AKA? I know that Ken was breeding Madagascar killifish. Um, I I haven't got any out right now, but I'm still in the market. And, and it's the same issue as I described with the Nothos, so I won't go that, into that in detail. But most killifish breeders are able to sell theirs um, at full price um, without any problem. So it doesn't make sense for me to go in and say, like, what would you sell them to me at, like, you know, a quarter of that price so I can sell them? They'd be like, why? So I'm still exploring it a little bit. And maybe I'll find a group or two that are like, man, I've got 300 of these. I just need to... <laughs> just need to get them out but so far no michael wilson they are so brilliant when mature pairs or large groups best of the uh Romy nose rasbors i've had aggression deaths in extra males yes i do know they're somewhat territorial um do you know how big they are michael when they start sexing out um i'm not seeing any rummy yet but again we're only at an inch maybe a little over an inch right now on those and I love them. I mean, I've, I've seen uh, full-grown males that are all brightly colored and stuff. I know what they will look like, but I don't know when that coloration occurs. Michael Wilson, breeding epistles I've seen and heard from others that females eat fry often without some sort of nightlight. Oh, that's, 
that's a good point. Something about the darkness spooks them into eating their fry. Hashtag breeding is pleasure. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point too. I, I didn't think of that. I do have night lights. Every row in my fish room has an LED little wall mounted night light plugged into the ceiling. So there's just a little moonlight, if you will, shining around. It's never completely dark. And that way at nighttime, they can still see and take care of their spawns. Montana AIDS ads. I'm going to go with Addis. Montana Addis. I most definitely have a fish house. Good. I like how you think. And don't be afraid of my last name. It's pronounced like AIDS. Okay. <laughs> I said it and I was like, oh, I hope people take it like teaching aid or uh, band aid. <laughs> it's Montana AIDS. Good to know. Thanks for clarifying. Because I was a little bit like AIDS. And then I was like, oh, that could be a downer. Addis? <laughs> Thanks, Montana. Gary Duncan, will the wild type Lineatus breed with the Golden Wonder? Absolutely. They're the same species. Um, uh, the Golden Wonder is just a color variation of that species. So it'd be like a chocolate retriever, like a, a chocolate lab and a, and a uh, black lab. They'll breed together, same species, just different colors. Well, okay, that's a bad example because the Chihuahua is technically the same species as a lab. Um, so let's take a Tequila Sunrise Guppy and a Red Cobra Guppy. Same same kind of thing. Moonstone, they get big? Question mark. Um, if we're talking about the Applicatus lineatus, yeah, about three inches, maybe, maybe four inches, a really big old male. Learning here, thought they were all nanos. Shows what I know. Yeah, no, the Applicatus lineatus is definitely not a nano fish. It can get three, four inches. Fishy Fun 57. Next week, two fire gold epistle agassiz. Yeah, okay, I think I got that one. Tom Patterson, would scuds or auto be better for green hair algae? Oh, definitely scuds. Autos will, in my experience, not really eat green hair algae. They'll eat uh, diatom algae. So they'll, they'll eat soft algaes that kind of coat surfaces, but I don't think they're going to do well eating stringy algaes, like hair algaes and stuff like that that stick out and kind of waft across the water. And that's definitely a job for scuds. Brian Plant E, what dewormer do you use when you get an import in? So Brian, I've got an entire playlist on how I medicate. Um, so if you want to know the details on the antibiotics and dewormers and everything I use, please check out that playlist. It goes over in, in excruciating detail. But um, Levamisole, Metronidazole, Praziquantol, Flubendazole, and if there's anything, that's kind of the, the go-tos for kind of prophylactic measures. And then if there's anything specific that I have to do um, that those don't treat, then maybe some other specialty stuff. But those are the general ones. Um, and, you know, often I'll, people, I'll see Facebook posts or comments or whatever where um, people will say, gut fish in, treating with this med to take care of the worms and, or the parasites. And it's like, that's great. But you do have to be aware that certain meds – take care of certain medicines. It's not like there's one medicine that takes care of all of them. So levamisole is pretty good for roundworms. Um, but there's then all kinds of other nematodes and all kinds of single cell protozoans and things like that, that the other medicines help take care of. So that's why I do such a plethora 
of them. Just one more fish with Josh. I have a 33 gallon long setup under my tanks just for scuds. That sounds awesome. Past two weeks, I can't find any. Just cleared it out and found a convict fry. Oh, <laughs> I have no idea how it got in there, but no more scuds. I bet you anything, Josh, that if you remove that convict fry, there's scuds in there somewhere. Um, if you have a sponge filter, they burrow into that, and there's probably a few. But, man, what a story. Convict fry got in there. Yep, probably went out the outflow, landed down there, and was like, man, this is better than the main tank. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Sorry about that, though. A, a scud culture is super useful. Priscilla MKR, Danny, <laughs> Dan's fish does plants. That's mind-blowing. I don't. But luckily, Michael Wentworth does. <laughs> I, I do. I do like, um, you know, Java Moss and Water Sprite. I'm a plant guy. <laughs> oh, it's, thank you. Thank you, Bob. Bob, throwing down a super chat of five bucks. Boom. I can't see it. Boom. Rocky. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for reminding me of the time, Bob. I appreciate it. In fact, let me get back to this to see if I missed anyone else. Hope I didn't. I did. <laughs> Oh, Fish Room Fever, I can see your comment now. Keep it up with my barbell weights. Thank you. Sand Creek Aquatics throwing down $1.99 with a thumbs up. Thank you, Sand Creek. I appreciate it. And then I got down to Bob's. Okay, I think I got them all. Guys, if I miss your super chat, I'm super sorry. Every now and then um, I'll read comments on a replay and I'll see that I missed one. And I always feel super bad. And I'm sorry about that. I never mean to do that because it does help. And it means a lot to me that people would be willing to do that. So anyone I've ever missed your super chat, just forgive me. I'm sorry. It's not intentional. Okay, I'm scrolling because chat jumped. And now we have four minutes. Ah! Ah! I'm trying to see where it jumped to. Okay. Here we go. Jennifer Weaver, keep your fingers crossed. Okay. Hatching lots of Chilotharina, Alani, Wapoga. Awesome. Should be getting... Um, Lamiosimian Ziphidus also. Good. That's a beautiful fish. What is it? Liamiosimian. I used to know it as Rivulus, but they've changed all the names, and I didn't bother to learn all the new names. Hey, says 44 Mag Guy, fishing more. Well, hello, right back at you. James Handy, how come you don't get discus? Um, discus are kind of specialized. Well, there's two reasons. I almost did. I almost ordered some this week. <laughs> like, I can get lots of discus, and every week... I almost, well, not every week, but every now and then I find myself having to remind myself not to get them. But the main reason is I don't keep my fish rooms hot enough. So I don't want to have to individually heat tanks. And I keep my fish room in the mid to upper 70s generally. So now I'm keeping the garage a little warmer. I have the garage set to 80. So I have a little cooler water down here, a little warmer up there, but still not warm enough. I like to keep discus at 84 to 86. And so since I heat the entire room, and I don't want to put heaters in tanks, and I don't want to keep the whole room up at 86 degrees, that's why I don't get discus. The other reason is that even if I did have one discus tank at 86 degrees, I have an automatic water change system and the water comes out at about 75 to 77 degrees and I like to change about a third to maybe 40 percent of the water every day in my aquariums because I, I 
I can stock them really full of fish if I'm doing a big import. I mean, right now they're a little empty because it's been hard to get fish. But generally, I like to put a lot of fish in there, so I need to keep the water very clean. And so if the discus tank is at, say, 86 degrees, and then it does an auto water change of 75 degree water, I don't want them to experience that nightly yo-yo because I, I change the water at night of 86 degrees. Whoops, now we're down to 78 gradually back to 86 degrees. Whoops. Now we're down to 78. So I don't want to do that to them. So I'm just not set up for them. Moonstone. Don't even try. It's like my emails. Just do the best you can regarding keeping up with the chat stream. Oh yeah. I don't try. Um, I would find it. I think people would get less out of it if I didn't take real time with each comment. We are now at 829. So this might be the last one. Um, <laughs> we in the house is Moonstone. Not that one. Let me find another one. Okay. Fishy Fun 57. How long can coolie loaches stay in travel? Next week I'm expecting some, usually 48 hours, but who knows with the curries these days. Yeah. Um, it so depends on how they're prepped and packed. I mean, conceivably a coolie loach could travel for, not that you'd want to do this, but for a couple of weeks or so and be okay if it's prepped properly and packed properly and the weather isn't too cold so the temperature stays okay. I mean, that's conceivable. That could easily happen. But I would say that if the person knows what they're doing, um, I, three days wouldn't really concern me, especially if you live somewhere where it's not super cold out because heat packs can wear off after three days, three, four days, would probably be okay. But it completely depends on the shipper and in how the and what the fish is like at the moment of packing and then how the person prepares it. So I don't know. I don't know the person you're getting them from. I don't know how long they can keep them in the meal. So I would ask them specifically. Okay, just a reminder that Punchy Paints is next at about <clears throat> nine o'clock my time, so in about half an hour. And we are at 8.30 on the dot. Look at that, look at that, ain't going over. So we're gonna do this giveaway. This giveaway is for some plants that are being provided by Michael Wentworth. Thank you so much, Michael. Uh, the list of plants can be seen at the Get Gills Facebook group. So if you wanna see what's available, check that out. He'll. Um, Cater the plants to your experience. If you're a novice, he'll get you easy stuff. If you're an expert, he can get you some harder stuff. So no matter what your experience, he's probably got something for you. And to claim this, I'm going to draw it in just a moment. <clears throat> if you're drawn to claim it, please send me an email, dan at dancefish.com. And I will... Uh, send an email to Michael and, and make sure you two get together so that you can work out the shipping details. For my part, I'll be sending you some scuds so that you have some critters to keep your plants nice and healthy and algae free. And uh, send me an email, Dan at Dance Fish, with your first and last name and your shipping address, and I'll send those out Monday. So that's how we're doing this. And the winner is Michael Kamen. Michael Kamen. You have won. You have one minute to respond and let us know that you're here and that you, um, I don't know, did you accept them? <laughs> Just let us know if you're here. And drum roll, Dan, I know. I, uh, 
I kind of give up on drum rolling. I just don't do a good job with it. I don't know. And also, I'm, hey, Michael Kamen is here. Congratulations, you won. So send me an email, Dan at Dancefish, first and last name, and your um, shipping address, and I'll get you in touch with uh, Michael Wentworth for the plants. So congratulations. Thanks for playing. Thanks for being here. Thanks to my mods for doing what they do. I very much appreciate you guys. Thanks for all the super chats. Never required, but greatly appreciated. It does make the wife super happy, although she hates it when I say that. And um, it, it does help. I mean, this is my living, so <laughs> every bit helps. And thanks to everyone that left a comment or a question. My apologies to anyone I didn't get to. We only have so much time, and I like to dig into each question or comment and uh, try to do more than say yes or no. Try to elaborate a bit and maybe say stuff that's useful to more people than just the person that asked the question. Um, all you lurkers, I'm with you, Lurker Nation, everyone watching on the replay, thanks for being here. We do this every Wednesday, so we'll see you next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful time.